0: Jesus said to his disciples, "When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as shepherd as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats." On his left then the King will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink a stranger and you welcomed me naked and you clothed me ill and you cared for me in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did, For one of the least brothers of mine you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink, a stranger, and you gave me no welcome, naked, and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? And he will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. Just a few years after the end of World War One in 1925. Mussolini just had become dictator in Italy. Adolf Hitler had resurrected his political party in Germany and published his book Mein Kampf. Stalin had strengthened his hold on communist Russia and 40,000 members of the Ku Klux Klan marched on Washington DC. It was in December of that year that Pope Pius established the Feast of Christ the King to push back at what was becoming a very secular world, a world that seemed to be embracing a political and social philosophy that was rejecting and corrupting many forms of religious faith and worship. Now, almost a hundred years later, the names and organizations are different, but little else seems to have changed. Ethnic cleansing continues in many places, Iran and Hamas have corrupted the Muslim faith and worked to torture and kill Jews, Christians and even their own who refuse to embrace their evil agenda. War rages in the Middle East and Russia and Ukraine still continue the battle as thousands upon thousands suffer and die around our world. And right here in our own country, majority of our fellow countrymen have become convinced that God and faith are unnecessary, that faith will in fact restrict their freedom to live out on any selfish desire that they may have. Today, as our church year ends, and we look towards the season of Advent, we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. And just as it was 98 years ago, this feast is intended to help us pull back from the secular world and refocus on Christ Jesus, who is indeed the King of the universe and the creator of all we have and of all we hold dear. And while you and I may not be, feel threatened with death, we are being persecuted. We face growing pressure to restrict our faith, to compartmentalize our lives, to put our faith in a box, We Americans have economic, social, educational, and political lives, and for those of us gathered here, we have a spiritual and religious life as well. Yet more and more we hear, keep your faith to yourself, and we have been conditioned unfortunately to do just that. We feel compelled to stay quiet, to do nothing that may spread the Gospel message. Today Matthew ends his Gospel with some very explicit instructions on what is expected of us and a dire warning of what will happen if we don't follow those instructions. We are reminded that our faith requires us to be committed to justice, the character of our society, to the rule of law, fairness, equality, and to work for peace in our world. The true measure of our faith is how we treat those in need, the poor, the disfavored, the victims of war, the accused, the incarcerated, and even the condemned. We are all guilty when we allow other people to be mistreated. An absence of compassion will corrupt our parish, our community, our state, and our nation. And eventually, it can destroy our very souls. Selfishness, fear, and anger will make us vindictive and abusive, unjust and unfair. All of us will suffer. From an absence of mercy if we fail to take action to share the gospel message to reach out to those in need we condemn ourselves as much as we condemn others our gospel warns us what will happen if we don't show compassion to the poor we corrupt our own decency the great saint augustine taught that we can never be morally neutral either we're growing in virtue or we fall into sin Christians don't have the luxury of simply being neutral. There is no moral neutrality. Either we are growing in virtue, or we slide headlong into hell. So too with our attitude towards justice and the poor. Either we, either we are actively reaching out to the poor and showing concern for them, or we are unconsciously hardening our hearts against them and sliding into attitudes that trivialize their issues and distance Ourselves from them and from God If we are not actively advocating against violence and war and for justice and the oppressed It's inevitable that at some point we will downplay the issues of violence poverty, racism inequality and justice and freedom of religion It's important to point out that in our gospel on the final judgment Jesus describes how God will divide the sheep from the goats on the basis of how well they treated others neither group those who reached out in love and compassion nor those who didn't actually knew what they were doing but the group who did it right they did not realize that in touching those who were suffering that they were touching Christ himself and the group who got it wrong say well if we had only known that Christ was in the poor then we would have reached out Jesus assures us that it really doesn't matter that Christian women and men of faith take action. We reach out regardless of our hesitation, regardless of our fear. Compassion and mercy are a large part of our Christian DNA. Yes, we need to be alert to our own bias and attitudes, but we must pay real attention to what we are actually doing. We can, in all sincerity and in all good conscience, still be blind towards justice and the poor. We can be moral men and women, pious churchgoers, generous donors. We can be warm to our own family and friends. Yet, we can still be blind to ourselves. We can be subtle, racist, callous towards the environment, protective of our own privilege and state in life, indifferent to others in war, because it just happens to be a few thousand miles away. We may still be basically a good person, but the absence of compassion in any one area of our lives leaves us limping morally. We can be good people, but still have hardness of heart on certain issues. Either we are talking about ways that we can be more that we can more effectively lessen the gaps between rich and poor, or we are defending, however unconsciously, the conditions that allow those types of problems to exist. One kind of conversation stretches our heart. The other hardens it. We all have friends who admire us and tell us that we are good and loving people. And no doubt that may be mostly true. But the pat on the back we receive from our friends can be a false mirror. A truer mirror is how those who are politically, racially, economically, or religiously different see us. How do the poor feel about us? How the refugees assess our concern? How do those suffering through the horrors of war rate our compassion? And what will Jesus see when He looks at us on that day of judgment? Will He see sheep? Or will He see goats? Brothers and sisters, we each build our own heaven or hell right here on earth every day. We bring into the next life what we've made of ourselves whether we be sheep or goats it's all or nothing if you follow Jesus he must become king in all areas of your life that includes your finances family friendships work studies politics even your sexuality and how you spend your time we know Jesus is a loving and forgiving King and he is a shepherd who would always search out and welcome back his lost sheep We know that he loves us so much he always gives us the choice we get to choose today and through this week time of advent spend time to reflect on how you spend your time and money ask yourself who or maybe even what is king in your life maybe it's time to reassess our priorities I fear that many in our world may not even recognize their King on the Day of Judgment. How about you? Will you recognize the King? And when he looks at you, what will he see? A sheep or a goat? I pray that each of us gathered here today will actively share the gospel message. Reach out in love and compassion to any who are suffering or in need. For when you do, remember, you're touching. face of christ brothers and sisters we must continually ask ourselves who is my king i pray that when that final day of judgment comes each of you will hear jesus say come you are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world